Springbok Radio presents... Inspector Carr Investigates. Good evening. Over the many years that I've been coming into the studio to present these dramatised investigations taken from my casebook of crime, I have, on occasions, expressed my very real pleasure at being able to relive episodes from the days when I was Chief Inspector at New Scotland Yard. However... I'd be less than human did I not go searching through my notes for tonight's story with very mixed feelings indeed. Of course, all good things must come to an end sometime. And as most of you know, tonight sees the last in this series. Having uttered this valedictory comment, let's get on with the investigation which I think you'll find most interesting. At least I hope so. I've called it Murder Anonymous. Although many of the members attending the Whitefriars Club were known to us because of the huge stakes they wagered, and the Yard's always interested as to the source of such large amounts of money, the owner himself, a man named Andrew Bellamy, was of no interest to us at the CID. While he was alive, that is. I hope it isn't what I think it is, Ops. I'm afraid so, sir. A man identified as Andrew Bellamy found shot dead. Emergency call just came through, sir. Well, who reported the incident, Ops? Uh, named George Hopkins. Apparently he and his wife worked for the victim. Address? Uh, it's a house called Heathcliff, Little Missenden Bucks. Oh, just inside the metropolitan area. You checked with the Buckingham Manor? Yes, sir. They've sent a Dr. Botting. He's the local police surgeon. Okay, Ops, organised transport. Tell Bucks I'm on my way. Very good, sir. Do you hear that, Jackson? Yes, sir. Oh, then time being of the essence, let's get cracking. If their directions are correct, should be the next lane on the left. There is a signpost of some sort, sir. Oh, yes. It says Heathcliff. Hmm. Must say the house looks isolated enough from here. We've got a reception committee, sir. Mr. and Mrs. Hopkins, no doubt. Oh, that'll be the local police surgeon's car. I assume he's inside the corpse. Oh, good morning, uh, Mr. Hopkins. That's right, sir. This is my missus. They phoned to say that you were on your way. I just can't believe it. He was such a lovely gentleman. Oh, he gave me quite a turn, you see. I'll wait to call him. My missus... Uh, well, I don't think there's any point in standing here. Let's go inside. Oh, by the way, uh, my assistant, Sergeant Jackson. Oh. Uh, take a look around the ground, Sergeant. See if there's anything untoward. Very good, sir. Uh, Mr. Botting's in there, sir. Ah, uh, thought I heard voices. Uh, Chief Inspector Carr, I take it. Uh, Botting. Poor devil, shot right through the heart. Any idea of ETD? I hate to hazard an estimated time of death. Certainly several hours. Uh, care to take a look at him? The victim's crumpled body lay in what must have been his study. Only when I took a closer look at the body did I realise that he was the Andrew Bellamy who owned the Whitefriars Club. Good heavens. 
So he's that Andrew Bellamy. You know him? Oh, not personally, no. His picture's been in all the glossy magazines, of course. How well do you know him, Doctor? Not frightfully well. Awfully nice chap. They tell me that the white fryer's a little too expensive for the likes of me. Besides, I only go to London when I have to, and certainly not at night. Pajamas, dressing gown, slippers? Well, he either interrupted the villain or he let the killer in himself. Would you say that Bellamy was killed before midnight? If he was, it's not unlikely. It wouldn't be much before midnight. I'm afraid that once Riker Mortis sets in... No, I know, Doctor. Who called you? Mrs. Hopkins. I was still in bed. It being Sunday. Uh, hello, uh, Dr. Botting. Oh, uh, Doctor, it, it's Mr. Bellamy. He's it, been shot. Uh, just a minute. Uh, did you say that your employer has been shot? Uh, th that is Mrs. Hopkins, isn't it? Oh, please come. George says he's dead. Well, uh, I'll be right over. That's why I'm clear as I am. As soon as I walked into this room, it was pretty evident that Bellamy had caught it. While you were waiting, did you question the couple? Yes, I asked them if anything had been taken. They didn't seem to think so. Mind you, both of them are in too nervous a state to take any kind of inventory. Oh, fair enough. I need the bullet removed as soon as possible. No doubt your local chaps will cope. As soon as the body's removed at the Great Bissenden Cottage Hospital, I'll let you have the bullet in a couple of hours. Thanks. Oh, excuse me. Car calling operations room. Car calling operations room. Do you read me? Loud and clear, sir. Andrew Bellamy, see if there's anything in records. I want to know his movements for the last few days. He has quite a reputation for being a ladies' man. Who his latest is, the lot. Very good, sir. Tell ballistics we have to have the bullet in their position within a few hours. Better work on it right away. Time's to the essence. Right, you are, sir. Now, working on the principle that the person who first discovered the crime is always a possible suspect, I want George Hopkins and his wife Beryl checked out. Very good, sir. And get hold of Louis the Lip. I want that weasel to use his dirty ears. Find out what the big boys are saying once the news of the murder is made public. Could be a revenge shooting for a crooked gaming table, although Bellamy's reputation suggested otherwise. Right, you are. Until X branch times of the essence. Out. I never cease to be amazed at the speed with which you London chaps work. I take it that you have a practice, apart from your local police work. This reputation of his, we've seen nothing of it locally. The only female I've ever seen him with is his daughter, and she infrequently. Never met her husband. He manages the White Friar, I believe. They tell me Bellamy's wife died several years ago. Seemed to lead a very quiet life. No parties to which the locals are invited? No such luck. Mind you, Andrew Bellamy is well liked. In fact, uh, I was giving him lunch at our club in the hopes of persuading him to join. Keeps very much to himself, unfortunately. I'll tell you what. Would you be good enough to organise the ambulance while I question Mr and Mrs Hopkins? Oh, excuse me, sir. Uh, I can find no sign of entering, but it looks very much as though the killer made his getaway from the first floor. Oh? Show me. Uh, I'll uh, see you later in the day, no doubt, Doctor, as soon as you've had the bullet removed. Right. Now, this, uh, this door and the ground floor windows haven't been forced, so they're all secured, but if you take a look at the ivy... Hmm? What about the ivy? Well, sir, I could see distinct signs where the stems have been broken. Here you are, sir. Open window. Look up there, sir. Mm -hmm. Looks as though he clambered out the window, tested the ivy for the footing, found that it wouldn't hold the weight of his body, and jumped. Look down there, sir. There's a distinct imprint on the soil. Oh, well. Plot thickens. 
if the killer did take any loot, couldn't be anything very heavy. Much will depend on what Mrs. Hopkins has to say. Well, you see, sir, uh, my instructions are to wait Mr. Bellamy at nine o'clock on Sunday mornings unless he tells me otherwise. Of course, sometimes he doesn't get here until very late. That's if he stays in town on Saturday night. But, but this morning, I, I goes to wake uh, him. Now, just a moment. You say you went to wake him? Or where do you live, you and your husband? Uh, well, sir, what, what Mr Bellamy calls the lodge. It's just on your left as you go through the gates. I see. Well, what time did you actually enter this house? And what's more, how did you gain entry? Uh, through the tradesman's entrance. I've got a key, of course. And where was your husband all this time? Having his breakfast. Well, I mean, he doesn't work on Sundays. Uh, my George is responsible for looking after five acres. Well, that's a lot for one man, sir. Oh, indeed. I was admiring the flower beds as we drove through the gates. Uh, you telephoned for the doctor when? In other words, did you go straight to Mr Bellamy's bedroom? You no, know, sir. I was here at eight o'clock. I always clear everything away before I go to call Mr Bellamy. Mm, describe your movements exactly. You entered through the kitchen door, I take it, after unlocking. Uh, yes, sir. Um, then I took a quick look round the sitting room. Everything was nice and tidy. And I was just going upstairs to call Mr Bellamy when I see the study door open and... And a foot. Oh, nearly turned my stomach over, it did. But there he was, lying there. I went shouting to my George. He did first aid, he did, when he was in the army. And well, my husband said that Mr. Bellamy had been shot, and I was to call the doctor. Well, the doctor. Uh, just came, a moment, Mrs. Hopkins. When the doctor arrived, did he go through the kitchen door? Oh, no, sir. My George unbolted the front door. You say unbolted? Does that mean the front door is locked and bolted at night? Yes, sir. So no one could have entered this house without the bolt being drawn, is that right? Yes, sir. You told the doctor that nothing was missing, you sure? Well, well, sir, nothing seems to be missing. You can ask my George. Oh, I rushed upstairs to see if any of his silver had been taken. Everything seems to be there, Governor. His airbrushes, cufflinks, his cigarette cases in his bedroom. All his clothes are there. I look behind the painting... Safe don't look as though it's been opened. No strange-looking visitors? Here in Little Missenden? No, no, sir. Mind you, when the governor put in that wine cellar, the chaps from London were a wild-looking bunch. What time did your boss retire last night? Yeah, I don't know, sir. I finished work at one o'clock on Saturday, so I didn't see him again. Well, not until I heard my missus shouting for me this morning. I see. Did you see Mr Bellamy at all yesterday? Oh, yes, sir, yes. He didn't get down here till about eleven o'clock. Of course, you know he's got an apartment in London. An apartment in London? No, I didn't. What's the address? Yeah, a place called Arlington Mansions, Paul Mall. Uh, number eight, I think it is. I see, thank you. But your wife, when did she see him last? Uh, well, sir, he had his lunch and his dinner here. Battle didn't get back to the cottage till about half past eight. That's right, Governor. Did Mr Bellamy have any visitors yesterday? Uh, not while I was here, Governor. Yes? Oh, uh, well, sir... I've dusted the window leads for prints. Nothing's come up, sir. I see that the footprint in the soil isn't disturbed. We need to take a cast of it. Right, sir. All right, Mrs. Hopkins. It'll be all. Oh, thank you, sir. Mm. If that couple are innocent, she doesn't appear to be so, does she, sir? Yes, Hobbs. Nothing known against Beryl Hopkins, sir, but her husband was dishonourably discharged from the London Rifle Brigade after being convicted of two counts of robbery near the camp. He was sentenced to three years, released about 18 months ago. That's interesting, very interesting. 
Seems we have a suspect at last. <laughs> Dr. Botting was as good as his word. I had the fatal bullet in my possession some two hours after the corpse had been taken by ambulance to the cottage hospital. Instructing my assistant to stay behind and glean what local gossip there may be, I returned to the yard feeling convinced that the answer would be found to be connected with his activities at the Whitefriars Club. Here's Ops. Louis the lips on his way up, sir. Thanks, Ops. Oh, remind me to get in a supply of disinfectant. Wish we could do without such vermin. Yes? Look, shut the door and come over here. And what have you got? I don't know how much it's worth, Governor. Spill it, you mercenary brute. Well, Governor, I heard Nate Simmons going off about having to go to the club to collect. Shooting his mouth about his partner, Andrew Bellamy. Where did you hear this? At the Lewisham Billiard Hall, Cup. You know, we're in the mob hangout. Are you making this up? Because if you are, I'll oh, see I swear that you... it, Governor, it's true. I'm my mother's grave. As soon as the business asked me to keep my eyes open, I remembered it. When did this conversation take place? Last Wednesday. Nate Simmons, eh? Anything else? No, Governor. I hadn't heard Nate talk like that before. Besides, he seemed a bit flush. He was playing snoop with a five-quid frame. That's interesting. Very interesting. All right, you will. Take this to the cashier. Thank you, Governor. Is it all? If the word gets out that I... All, you say, all? You're being grossly overpaid. Now, if you're not out of here in ten seconds, I'll see I'm you... All right, Governor, all right. No need to lose your temper like that. I'm going. Yes, sir. Now, put a tail on Natey Simmons. Came out over a year ago. Did the Duke of Rutland's job. Right, you are, sir. Find out who's the boss at the club when Bellum is away. Isn't there somewhere quieter we can talk, Mr. Glover? Yes, of course, sir. If you follow me. Okay. It really is a terrible business, Inspector. Terrible. The club won't be the same without Mr. Bellamy. Well, at least you're being compensated for your loss of a father-in-law as well as an employer. I understand from the solicitors that the club becomes your property for as long as you remain married to his daughter. Were you aware of that? Yes, I was. You don't think I shot my father-in-law, do you? Without wishing to be offensive at this early stage of the investigation, I simply don't know, Mr. Glover. I can tell you this. Whoever the killer was, was admitted by the victim. And we believe that Mr. Bellamy was about to retire when someone rang the front doorbell. He was admitted, shot Bellamy, bolted the front door, and made his escape from the first-floor window. Trouble is, we don't know why Bellamy was shot. It must have been either an act of revenge or robbery. Have you any ideas on the matter? None at all. Where'd you live, Mr. Glover? Oh, now, look, please answer my question. Great, Mr. Miller. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, look here. Please don't lose your cool, as the saying goes. Everyone who benefits from your father-in-law's death is a suspect. Then why did you take a look at the couple he employed at Heathcliff House? My father-in-law told me they'll own the cottage they live in and two acres of land if they're in his employ at the time of his death. Did you know that? Of course. I just told you we're investigating everyone who might benefit Good day, Mr. Cover. Yes, Ops. Nady Simmons is in the clear, sir. He was seen by one of our plain clothes men in the Lewisham Snooker Hall all Saturday night from 10 o'clock until 5 o'clock Sunday morning. He was uh, playing a snooker tournament. Well, be that as it may, I want him tailed. I want to know who he sees, where and when. Now, wait a minute. 
Wouldn't be a bad idea to pull him in. Oh, very good, sir. And not very politely, either. Let him think he's going to be arrested. Put the fear of heaven into him. Right, sir. Oh, but, uh, by the way, sir, yes? uh, we got an interesting conversation model in the Hopkins telephone. Uh, you'd like me to play it to you? Please, pipe it through. Right, here it goes. Uh, give me a second or two to switch on. Hang on. OK, Ops. What are you doing up at the house? You heard what that sergeant said. Nothing was to be touched. I'm oh, just telephoned to tell you to switch on the stove. Why are you so snappy suddenly? Are you sure that you... You are... asked me that question a thousand times. No, I didn't shoot him. If you don't believe me, you can count the number of cartridges I've got in that box. For goodness sake, Beryl. What with my prison record and you having to jitters like this? What are you trying to do? Get me put away for a murder I didn't commit? Oh, that's the only recording mentioning the murder we picked up from, sir. That's interesting. Very interesting. I'll get Sergeant Jackson to pay them a visit. OK, Ops. Uh, by the way, sir, yes? this branch report that the subject was seen with Priscilla Kenworth on Friday night. They think she's his latest, and they've been seen about quite a bit. Well, that gives me an opportunity to talk to one of Britain's most distinguished actresses. Tell me, Miss Kenworth, did Mr. Bellamy seem in a reasonably happy mood when the two of you dined together at the Caprice? Very. Although we did quarrel slightly. Or should I say that, Chief Inspector Carr? Am I a suspect? After all, for the last four weeks, we've been seeing each other a great deal, now that I'm resting between plays. Mm. Seriously, though, he was such a generous human being. This uh, bracelet, it must have cost him all the £5,000. What did you quarrel about? Stupid, really. Drink. Drink? Poor Andrew's father died of the stuff. Andrew has never allowed a drop of alcohol to pass his lips. He was a fanatic on the subject. When I suggested ordering a fourth martini, this man who had given me a £5,000 bracelet refused to let me have one. Ah, there you are, Jackson. Uh, we're going back to little Missenden. Lady Simmons is on his way up, sir. There he is, is he? Wonder what he'll have to say for himself. Come in. Oh, what is this? Why have I been picked up? I've done nothing wrong. What's it all about? I haven't done a job since I came out of stir. Uh, that'll be all, Constable. Right, sir. You know the score, Natey. Anything you say will be taken down and maybe used in evidence against you. Uh, evidence against me? Do you mean I'm being arrested? When uh, were you last in Little Missenden? Uh, wait a minute. You're not pinning that on me. I've never been to Little Missenden in my life. Really? Fascinating. You'll tell me next that you didn't know Andrew Bellamy. Now, stop playing games with me, Nady Simmons, unless you want to go inside for the rest of your life. I swear it, Governor. I never met the geezer, never. And you never heard of him, I suppose. Well, have you? No, no, never. All right, Nady. You can go for the time being, but don't try to leave London if you know it's good for you. Yes, sir? I want Simmons under surveillance night and day. An experienced jewel thief like that never carries firearms, but I'm hoping he'll lead us to the man who does. He's on his way down now. Very good, sir. By the way, sir, yes? Priscilla Kenworth, she and the subject were seen together almost every evening since the play Breakdown ended. Uh, divorced, two children at highly expensive schools. Experts believe that her new Rolls-Royce was paid for by Bellamy. Rolls-Royce, diamond bracelet, owner of racehorses. Can all that money come from the White Frost Club? I think we'll have a look at his books. Now, really, Inspector, I've no objection to anyone taking a look at our ledgers, but why? You'll know all in good time, Mr. Glover. Don't you want your father-in-law's murder, Ben? Of course I do. We issue a balance sheet every year, pay our taxes, 
What's that got to do with his murder? I don't know. I'm exploring every avenue, as they say in the classics. Are these two chaps highly skilled at their job? Won't take them more than an hour or so. It didn't. When I emerged from the club's premises, I was convinced that Andrew Bellamy was a modern Jekyll and Hyde, that his expensive lifestyle was maintained not from the profits of the Whitefriars Club, but by dealing with leading figures of the underworld. All right, Jackson, let's pay that long-delayed visit to Heathcliff. What are we looking for this time, sir? Not for, Sergeant. At. I want to take a look at the wine, sir. I seem to remember seeing what seemed like a padlocked door underneath the stairs. Yes, sir. I assumed it led down to the coal cellar. Something's come through, sir. Car, over. Agent 46 has reported that Simmons was seen to enter the house of Benny the Wolf. He's still in there, sir. Interesting. Very interesting. Benny the Wolf, eh? I thought he was still inside. Well, he came out a week ago, apparently, sir. Well, well, the plot thickens. Now, for goodness sake, make sure that they don't lose sight of either of them. Very good, sir. Out. The gates are closed, sir. Well, I telephoned Hopkins about our arrival. Ah, there he is. I think our friend knows more than he's let on. Uh, good afternoon, Mrs. Hopkins. Uh, waiting to let us in? That's right, sir. My husband told me you was coming down. Good. We're in something of a hurry. Time's the essence. Uh, lead us to the wine cellar, Mrs. Hopkins. Oh, well, you haven't got the key for that, sir. Mr. Bellamy always kept them in his safe. Strange place to keep a key to a wine cellar. Hmm. Formidable-looking padlock there. Uh, luckily, when I examined the contents of the safe, I thought the bunch of keys would prove useful to our investigation. Uh, yeah, this looks the likely one. Uh, do your stuff, Jackson. Yeah. Huh. Two locks, eh? Ah, here comes your husband. Uh, have you ever been in the wine cellar, Mr. Hopkins? Oh, never, sir. Now, the boss wouldn't allow it. Said he had some very expensive rare wines down there, sir. All right, Jackson. Let's see what really is in the cellar. Oof, very dark. <coughs> oh, there's the switch. Good. Let's have some light on the matter. Well, I'll be... There, before our eyes, was an array of precious stones and jewels that even the richest oil king would covet. In pride of place was the Duke of Argyle's priceless collection, for which robbery Benny the Wolf was sentenced to five years. The puzzle looked like being solved. So, Mr. Hopkins, your employer was a receiver of stolen property, was he? How'd you, how'd you meet him? Oh, come on, man. I've got all day. Tell him, George. Tell him otherwise they'll think you that know, you... I told the mob that I was never going to do another job. That they asked me if I'd like to work for him. I'd heard about him, of course, but I'd never set eyes on him. I went to his flat in London. He told me he'd got a house in the country, needed a married couple who knew how to mind their own business. That's all, Governor, I swear. I see. Car calling operations room. Car calling operations room. Do you read me? Loud and clear, sir. Pull in Benny the Wolf. Search his place. The bullet removed from Bellamy's body was a forty-five. Well, Jackson, any joint? Very much so, sir. The station master at Great Missenden recognised Benny's photo at once. He must have walked to Little Missenden because the local constable was able to identify him too. Do the times fit? Yes, sir. Well, what with finding a recently oiled and cleaned forty-five and the two eyewitnesses you managed to collect, the case is in the bag. 
I thought that the wine cellar would hold the key to the mystery. You see... Well, do you see? Why did I suddenly evince great interest in the wine cellar? Did you notice where I'd been given a clue? In fact, two clues. Not sure? Well, why did I become convinced that the solution to the mystery would be found in the wine cellar? Firstly, why a specially built wine cellar when the local doctor told me when I asked him? No parties to which the locals were invited? No such luck. Kept very much to himself. And yet his man, sir. Mind you, when the governor put in that wine cellar, the chaps who built it were a wild-looking bunch. However, it was that distinguished actress Priscilla Kenworth who really pointed to the importance of the wine cellar when she said... Poor Andrew's father died of drink. Andrew never allowed a drop of alcohol to pass his lips. He was a fanatic on So there it was. A specially built chamber to hide the fabulous loot stolen from some of the greatest collections in Britain. Benny the Wolf refused to supply us with the motive for the shooting, even after he was sentenced to life imprisonment. Obviously, he felt that the Duke, as he was known in the underworld, had double-crossed him. And that, I'm afraid, brings us to the end of a series which has been on the air since 1956. My one hope is that you've enjoyed these dramatised investigations as much as I've enjoyed presenting them. Bless you all. Good night. Inspector Carr, with Hugh Russ in the title role, was written and directed by Michael Silver.